started looking for apartment. But it was so hard to look for a place in San Francisco. Before I find a place, the company went bankrupt. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I. <laughs> Great timing, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know. Also because the job I was doing、um, that required me to travel a lot, so I wasn't able to just like spend two weeks in San Francisco look for apartment. I was never really here,、mm-hmm. and I learned the hard way that if you go to Craigslist, you say, "Hey, I'm interested in your apartment." Nobody replies. Right? They don't、mm. give a. <laughs> Can I swear on the? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think they do this open house thing with like twenty people lined up with applications, and I wasn't able to do that, so、um, it, I just never found apartment.、Um, and then there's other reasons, like、um, for a Chinese uh, citizen. Um, If you want to go to any other country, you need a tourist visa. And、uh, if I live in Seattle, we don't have consulate. So、um, the nearest place is San Francisco. So I come to San Francisco a lot of times is because I need to apply for tourist visa. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, and、um, also I dance Argentine tango, and um, um, this is、uh, San Francisco is one of the. City like the best place to dance Argentina. There's a lot of great dancers here, and there are a lot of more leaders、um, in any other city in the U.S. I, I hope this is almost right.、Um, there are way more followers than leaders, and San Francisco is the only place have more leaders. Wow. So where where do you do Argentine tango here? Like、um, some of your favorite spots. I haven't been back here、uh, for a while, but I know we went. I went to、um, Berkeley. They have this all nighter thing. You dance all night until six a.m.、Um, we do San Francisco Tango Marathon、um, in November.、Oh, Every、wow. November there's a Tango Marathon. It's like dance until you drop.、Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he actually might be close to the mission. He might not be far,、um, but my area is a little bit like. Um, like my memory is a little bit、uh, rough right now. So. That's okay because he just came back into town last night.、Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I actually, I think I know someone who does the goes to the Berkeley Tango. Oh,、um, she's like a substitute teacher at our school, but she's probably in her seventies. But she has more energy than like anybody else that I work with. We're always like, "What's your secret?" And she's like, "I go dancing three nights a week." Yeah. <laughs> But you're actually—we're here at Mutiny Radio. We're here in the Mission District of San Francisco, and so you're going to be performing tonight as part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at the、mm-hmm. All Ladies Show tonight at 10 p.m. So excited! But then you're going to be like a guest DJ here on Monday at noon, doing some Argentine tango, right? Yes.、Um, so I have、um, three lovely ladies who also love dancing Argentine tango. They're here in San Francisco, so they're going to be my special guests.、Um, so you know, we're going to talk about what is really Argentine tango, debunk some very、um, popular、uh, misconceptions about Argentine tango. We're going to share some of our personal stories about、uh, some of our struggles and funny and embarrassing moments. Um, and then you know, for example, there's something specific about San Francisco. In the tango community, we call it Man Francisco. <laughs> Man Francisco. <laughs> <Yeah> . Kind of related to like why there are so many leaders.、Um, you know, of course, we now that women can lead, the choir tango is very popular. So it's、mm. all all gender, all inclusive. But there's just a lot of more men in general in this area. And then we also call it Babe Area. So it's a <laughs> Bay Area. <laughs> Because <laughs> like you know like all the all the、um, dancers here like we're all babes you know we because there's so many guys lined up want to dance with. You know? <laughs> 
nice nice <laughs> everyone's dance card is full right yeah <laughs> that's awesome um so let's take a little musical break mm -hmm. and then when we come back i want to talk to you about um, your experiences in this past year doing comedy, being a female comedian, and then some of your work with the, the syndrome, mm -hmm. which sounds really cool. So everyone, you're listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. This is a special part of the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival that's happening March 1st. That's today through March 5th. So there's 50 comics, 26 shows, five days Shows are 10 bucks a piece. To go on our, our website, mutinyradio.fm, you can find the, the uh, festival page and see all the different amazing uh, topics of the different shows, different themes um, that you can get in on and have a good time with. So I'm going to play a little music from this uh, a local artist. Her name's Renee Asteria, and this is called Illegal.
You are listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. We are streaming live around the planet from the Mission District of San Francisco, right here in the corner of 21st and Florida. We are kicking off the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival running today, March 1st through March 5th, um, with Bernicier, who is in town visiting from the Seattle, Washington area, um, and is going to be part of tonight's uh, big showcase at 10 p.m., the all-ladies comedy uh, uh, lineup, um, and also a couple different shows uh, throughout the festival, which we can talk about. You know, We'll run through them towards the end and make sure people know when they could come in and, and catch you live uh, in the act. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk to you. This is Women's Magazine. So we want to talk about what it's like being a female comedian. Wow, yeah. Um, It's uh, definitely very, very intimidating um, because I remember when I first showed up to my very first open mic, um, before um, the venue opened, people line up and people show up and it's like everybody, I mean, in in Seattle, we're already very white. So everyone is a white dude. (laughs) And then so I feel like this is even worse than my, you know, computer science um, graduate school, you know, 10 years ago, you know, I was maybe one of the girls of the 40 students, but at least I know computer science. But, you know, for comedy, I am new, nobody knows me. um, And then, you know, like, but everybody else know each other. So I feel definitely just being judged immediately. And then nobody came to really say hi and introduce myself. And then when I reach out to say hi, it's just this very awkward interaction. You just feel like, okay, I should go now. <laughs> well, I, I'm thinking that they, 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 they may just be naturally awkward a little bit. And they're probably like, who's that pretty lady? You know, like, I don't know how to talk to her. Is she, she going to be funnier than me? Oh my God, my ego. Um, so, but you did it. You jumped up and, and did comedy stand up for the first time. And um, you actually sent me, I think you sent me the video of that. And you were funny. Like people responded. You were like, 
successful in your first go. Oh, thank you, thank you. It definitely takes a lot of work. The, the video you saw is that's um you know um November, so that's probably nine months into the time. I've definitely had a time when when I had to open my like, oh I just want to find a place to hide. Um, so it it takes a lot of work. And I also have to say in my very first few open mic, I remember one time I go to this place called um, Comedy Underground. I showed up. I have no idea how that mic works, and there's a bunch of dudes line up but one lady um her name is uh, chelsea toll if she ever listened to this that's when we first met and she's like oh i just moved here ladies got to watch out for each other and she said take this she gave me two dollars because the at the club if you dropping two dollars a donation you have a higher chance to get on the list oh wow so okay. like it, it, that's so helpful to have somebody to give a newbie a tip to like and it's like somebody should tell no we, we got each other and i feel like that really meant a lot to me um and the same day the open mic i went up actually i guess i was actually funny that day even though that's my like first open mic and then another lady uh, her name is aisha and she reached out to me and said hey you're funny you should come out to this open mic i am pretty producing uh, it's called comedy nest um it is a female focused uh, uh, comedy open mic you should come so you know like i feel like there's people really helped me and embraced and gave me that courage to uh, keep going even though i was very intimidated that's excellent and that's up in seattle right yeah yeah H how cool so you're also working uh, now now you've kind of even like taken this further um, with this group that you're working with called the syndrome. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the syndrome. How did you connect with them and what are some of the different things that, that this group does? Sure. I mean, guess how they found me. Ah, they found you at an open mic. Ah, they were scouting. <laughs> so, um, I, actually, our uh, one of our editor, um, um, Betsy Hunt, and she uh, went to. She also took a comedy class from one of the comedy um, club that's doing open mic. So I was there at open mic. They sh they were in the audience. I did not know. Um, I come back down and she just snick a, a card and said, "Hey, I work at this magazine. Talk to me." She disappeared. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I emailed her back and a follow up, and then they were like, "Oh, we really like your stuff." Um, what if you know get on a call we see if you want to be a writer on our central magazine and uh, that's how we get connected to each other and then when they told me the story of the central magazine I was like wow this is amazing because the the magazine wasn't started in the US they actually started in Italy Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then like when they started, the, the vision is just like, you know, we want to talk about women, talk about gender equality, talk about women's rights um, through humor. Yeah, because that's probably the best way to get people to 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 reckon you know reconcile and understand a different perspective and the magazine took off in europe like actually um they they encountered the success that more than they anticipated wow and yeah. wh when was that um, like how long have they been around do you know they have been i have to look because like i feel i cannot um That's okay yeah. I'm, a, I'm asking bad questions right now <laughs> no no, no no worries <laughs> yeah I, mean, I, I know it has been around a few years and our founder in the seattle chapter uh, Sylvia, and she um, was born and raised in italy she moved to seattle area and she wants to bring that to to Seattle so that's how we um, started the US chapter yeah awesome yeah so if you guys are out there listening the syndrome mag.com or you can find them on Facebook too and Instagram I'm sure so all, all over the place this multimedia social media world um, but that's really cool because I feel like when 
you have the the topic of whether you want to call it feminism or just to like you know a, address um, gender inequality. Um, it can be a really hard subject for people to talk about because they can they can be very serious. Mm-hmm. It can be very emotional. It can kind of turn people off. You know, they're like, oh, you know, whatever. People compl- you know, women complaining again. Yeah. You know, but like to do it in a humoristic, like a like in a funny way, like kind of like cuts through some of that like oh we don't have to be so serious to really address some real things that are going on yeah because you don't want to turn a topic into tabooed right like i think how many times we we have to take that sexual harassment training video at work you are obligated to watch it but then like in the end you just like okay i'd better not talk about this now but on the contrary um i'm going to quote uh sarah silverman because she mentioned uh, she said if it's mentionable it is manageable. Mm. I think I found that just so inspiring. It's like, yeah, if you want to manage, you got to talk about it. Like you, any issues, the worst is you just hold it like inside and you don't talk about it. And I think the humor opens that, like that channel opens the conversation uh, instead of just shutting down. Oh, let's just be serious. Let's just hide to walk away from the topic. Yeah, so the so the Syndrome Mag, which is an online magazine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's also a group that's it's it's a nonprofit, and you're b- basically part of a, a group of consultants, right? Like mm-hmm. like like people who who are affiliated with the Syndrome will actually go into workplaces and do like comedic skits to like point the stuff out. This Have is, you been yeah. a part of that? Yeah, a little bit. So um, this is a new initiative we started. Um, so we want to work with, cause there are so many tech companies in Seattle. I'm sure there's way more in San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, so the, the idea is instead of just like watching those videos and so we actually collaborate with the company to see you know to learn a little bit about their culture what people's you know minds is and then we write comedy sketch scenario sketch and then we hire um professional actor actress to act it out and so in the audience you're like watching oh yeah that happens and but you are able to see how this whole thing played out um i persist I participated in some of the comedy sketch writing scenario because some of them were just like, you know, I was like, I lived through that, right? Like yeah. I'm one of the women in tech. Um, so, you know, even for example, going to a conference, you just got hundreds of men, you got like three women there. Like eating lunch, you got the guys sitting on that side and then you feel like, even for the woman, it's awkward. The three people, you just feel like we're obligated to say hi to each other. And you go to the bathroom like, there's just two of you <laughs> and I say a line of men, you know, so there are some scenarios that everybody, they understand, but they like, I think in the more zoomed in story, you see the internal state and you see how awkward for that person is. And, um, you know, we also, for example, at in a meeting, right? Like, you know, how women being cut off or then all of a sudden we have the woman to wear a different mask of like with a mustache and then like same voice to say, it just, you hear it very, very differently. Um. <laughs> that I love that. I think that's such a great way to to point stuff out. Because, mm-hmm. Like you said, those dry like you must watch the sexual harassment video, and of course they make things in those like really obvious, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, usually, but the subtle things are what it's like. I think it's coming out more and more about the subtleties and and the things that people aren't even like you know paying attention to or aware of. They think you know they they don't even think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny where you talk about the the men's room and the ladies room so my my 
my little funny story about that is many years ago now I was working for a catering company. So I was, mm-hmm. I was bartending at an event here in San Francisco and it was Apple's um, like annual uh, employee appreciation party. Right. So it's this big, like kind of outdoor park mm-hmm. down downtown. And um, <laughs> I mean, it was like thousands of men, thousands and thousands of men and all of the drinks were free. Mm. Right. It was just like it was employee appreciation. So we were literally standing there. We had this huge bar with eight bartenders and these guys would stand like like 10 feet away and like look at us. And, oh. and so awkwardly. And we're like, come on, like, come on. It's OK. Yeah. Like, come get a beer, you know, and and. It was it was kind of a lame party anyway because like they wouldn't they wouldn't like let us put a tip jar out like they didn't want them to like think that they had to, like any more pressure I'm like okay I get why they didn't want to pressure them anymore because it was very socially awkward but I saw three women that night out of like probably like three thousand men mm-hmm. and one of them was definitely somebody's girlfriend you know <laughs> so I actually made a friend that night there was a, another person who was bartending that night and we left at the same time and uh, we went to the, the to the bathrooms and we saw this big line of men yes and so we heckled them in line we're like now you know what it's like (laughs) you get the treatment now and then we got to the women's room and there was a security guard there saying i'm sorry you can't go in we're like what "What do you mean and they're like well we had to let some men into the to the women's room we're like oh no 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 we're going in yeah like that doesn't happen the other way around that's right they don't open the men's room for the ladies who are waiting there so it was i know what you're talking about (laughs) you go girl Yes, it's one time. No, you're not taking that away from us, right? <laughs> That's right. I don't care if there's men in there. We're going to the bathroom. It's the ladies' room, you know. And, of course, that was before the even, like, the whole, like, you know, all-gender bathroom conversation was, was even in play. But uh, it was just, yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah, so seeing that played <laughs> out, right, and to remind them, like, let's look at this moment all together, and then they can talk about it afterwards. I think, actually, you know, it's a different approach. Yeah. So you're writing sketches for them. Sometimes you're participating in the sketches, uh, but you're writing for the the magazine part. Mm -hmm. So um, you want to talk a little bit about some of the topics that you've written about? Sure. Yeah. So I think um, I started, what is my first, about chopsticks? (laughs) Oh, I guess maybe, uh, I think it's just me being, I feel like outsider sometimes. I'm not necessarily kind of have a sense of belonging, just just my experience are different. Um, So I kind of want to bring in, explain stereotype and challenge how you look at the stereotypes, right? So I think there are things like I don't fit into the stereotype and there are things like people expect out of me. Um, I don't do that. But there's also, I think the stereotypes are there for a reason. I want people to look at something that's not so foreign because, hey, I came to this country. I don't know anything. Of course, I'm going to look very clueless. But if you go to China, you would be, right? <laughs> so I kind of want you to kind of break that you know, share a different perspective. Um, the first bit I talk about is how I don't really know how to hold my chopsticks. <laughs> As a Chinese, you're kind of expected to know. Um, and uh, the thing is, um, I kind of, 
I hold my chopsticks, I can use it, but I hold it like a pencil. Like I don't know how to do the chopstick wrapper instruction thing. Like most of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of the Americans are masters of it, but I'm but then it's not just me. Most of the the natural like a native born Chinese people hold the same way. So there's like, you know, times like I go to a restaurant with like ten other Chinese people and with my white boyfriend. He's the only one. He's teaching everybody how to use chopsticks. <laughs> it's hilarious. You know. But then like I I would just got me think why why is that right and then I realized we have to learn how to use traps when we were so young our hands are so little I can't figure it out there's no way I can use it the, the the official way and so we all were forced to figure out one way or another mm-hmm. um, and then um, you know but then like our parents are different they they just use their hands when they're little so they learn as adult as well because like china was so poor you're just fighting you're just grabbing food <laughs> so those are the things like, you know it, i think that's my kind of my first piece um not to give it everything right um and then the second one is actually personal uh, it matters a lot to me it's about like uh, uh, asian eyes small asian eyes and then i think um if you were born and raised in Asia, like you know, this Asians are obsessed with this double double eyelid. You're nodding. Yeah, no, I know. I had to learn when I started teaching English. They're like, "Do you have one single eyelid or double eyelid?" And I had to be like, "What?" Like <laughs> just even the term, you know. But I know what you mean. It's like having the like crease on your eye. Right. right? The- yeah. Yeah. So we're very, very obsessed with that, and then so um, plastic surgery to do that is very, very popular. And then to a point, it's really like um, your parents were like, "Oh, you if you want to find a job, you need that." You need that. So girls were almost expected, like when you're done with high school, that's when you get it. Uh- <laughs> well, there's a lot of that in Southern California too. Like, like given like, oh, congratulations, you graduated from high school. You get your you get your boob job. You get your nose job. And you're like, you're eight. This is an 18 year old girl. Like, yeah. Why are you like totally transforming your body in some way that's like permanent? Yeah. Know? Yeah. And also like growing up, my entire family always like, oh, you're so smart, but your eyes are so small. <laughs> so, you know, they were nice. just <laughs> shaming like yeah. the small eye from the very early on. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I was just like always freaked out about that. I was also kind of very self conscious about my eyes. So I figured oh what if i wear glasses because my mom was oh your eyes will might look a little better with glasses so i came up with this idea so oh you know i need to wear glasses i'm going to pretend or i am a good student but i'm a good student and i'm of course i'm nearsighted right so (laughs) i told my (laughs) the the classic nerd kind of look right right so i told my mom i can't see i cannot read the 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 chalkboard like you you have to take me to see a doctor and then so at the at the prescription they do this like computerized the prescription test and my eyes were fine oh. and I said no 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 so like when they do the menu test I just pretend I can't see anything <laughs> I just add on add on I got wow. the thickest prescription oh ever God. I got like a 400 right like is an active <laughs> 400 or 4.0 yeah 4.0 yeah, yeah 4.0 so like as a little kid I have perfect vision I was wearing this like glasses every day oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of that that keenly applied deception right to, yeah. to make things work right yeah it's just <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> so what what is your family 
think of this like do they know how much like do they know about your comedy your budding comedy career like what do you tell them about your life now <laughs> it's hard because there's no stand-up comedy in china um it's a because you know think about the topic and things we really talk about mm. like you don't you, you don't talk about stand-up comedy um i think there's comedy sketches and in, in china so usually you have two characters they talk about the kind of funny scenarios but never it's about issues racy edgy opinions that i think it's not about to evoke mm -hmm. thoughts it's never about that um but my mom um i think she she's proud like my parents are proud of me for doing this um they don't really know exactly because i want to share a video with my parents i can't even share that because um if sending google uh, video like oh. google photo youtube is all blocked in china yeah yeah they yeah. cannot see it yeah um <laughs> it's very difficult like you know for stand-up comedy they don't understand english so i kind of send um little clips through wechat that's very popular for Ch their own messenger interesting so they can get a sense of what looks like if there's a crowd sharing nothing they're oh, okay they like her <laughs> that's nice yeah I'm but they cannot understand yeah right right well that sometimes that's okay right it's better <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um Wow, so you're really you're really breaking down a lot of barriers. Um, I'm just I'm so glad that you're here oh, and that we you. get to be you know here on the show today on Women's Magazine. Um, do you have any uh, advice for women out there, girls, whatever, uh, who want to do stand-up comedy? Um, I I will say like I think um, now like. Believe, believe in yourself um like because a lot of times people told me like um oh yeah no you got to pay your dues and then you have at least you got to suck for the first five ten years and don't even ask to be this opportunity but i think you know just be bold and then um, you never know don't let what pre-exists to stop you what you think you can do um because if i were to do that i would not even apply for Mutiny Radio Festival, but who is to say so? I cannot be on it. I have to first make the move and then let them decide. So um, that's definitely something I will say. <laughs> awesome. Well, Bernice Ye, you're totally inspiring and <laughs> such like great energy and you're really funny. And I know that people are going to come out to Mutiny Radio um, for your show tonight at 10, which mm -hmm. is like the... That is that's that's like Pam. That's the uh, all ladies. That's the all ladies show. That's kind of like the 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 headliner for the night, right? Ooh. Why not? <laughs> Pam, why don't you come in here for a second? This is Pam Benjamin. She's our station director, and she's been working her ass off um, to put together the uh, festival, the comedy festival, for four years now. Yeah. Pam, thanks for hey, thanks for hooking us up here. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Thank I was you. I wasn't even looking really for like for the years past. I really was trying to focus on having uh, multiple genders and and multiple people represented uh, from all genders and specifically women and then all and trying to be specifically multicultural. But I was telling Bernice this year. I just picked the funniest people and it just happens to be incredibly diverse and multicultural and that we have almost as equal amount of men and women both involved in the festival. And I wasn't even trying. I was just like, you just pick the funny people. Yeah. And the word so, got out. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I'm, I'm stoked that, um, people are willing to travel from all over the U S to come be here at mutiny radio. And that's really exciting to me. So yay. Awesome. Well, such I'm, an honor. Yeah. Oh, please. This is so cool, um, and it's really fun to be a part of. So 
Bernice, welcome back to San Francisco. Thanks, Pam Benjamin, for, for setting this up so that we could have this uh, really great conversation and uh, give everyone a little bit, uh, a little insight into, into Bernice's uh, sense of humor, sensibility, and her, her really inspirational stories. So um, I'm going to leave you with this one thing. Uh, it's a little <laughs> bit of a teaser. So, so Bernice gave me this, this uh, refrigerator magnet, mm -hmm. and it's a, it's, it's, it's a pink bunny. And it says, sick pets make strong children. <laughs> so you'll have to come and listen, uh, come hang out at Mutiny Radio and listen to the live show. Um, tonight, uh, the all-ladies show, we're here at 2781 21st Street here in San Francisco, 94110, if you need to know that as zip code. Um, but we're at the corner of 21st in Florida in the Mission District. Come out. There's going to be shows um, throughout the week there's going to be five full days of um, showcases various hilarious themes um, each show is 10 bucks uh, you can pre-buy your tickets online on the website mutinyradio.fm uh, there's a there's a specific link you can click and see all the different shows that are happening um, bernice you're going to be tonight at 10 and then mm -hmm. what are your other um shows um i have two shows on sunday so um 8 p.m. Um, dysfunctional family and 9 p.m. Um, um, fur babies are better than real babies. <laughs> <laughs> Monday I have two podcasts. The one is on like every day about races, and, uh, and at noon we're going to talk about Argentine tango. Um, Tuesday at 5 p.m. I have uh, one show. I will be in the show uh, comedy show um, dating a comic. Oh, fun. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much, Val. Yeah, we're wrapping up here, Women's Magazine. Um, just remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like I'm going to leave uh, communist China and go to the U.S. and become a really funny lady saying funny, important things. Hey, inspiration is contagious. So peace and thank you. And we'll play another song here from Pamela Parker because she does, in fact, rock. This song's called Pedal to the Metal. And I think it's going to play. <laughs>
His marriage had been a failure, he conceded sadly. But before long, his tone had turned from regret to expectation. What I'm doing now is experiment. It relieves the pressure that took up 18 years of my life. That was an experiment, too. But now I know I don't want it. I don't want any more kids. I don't want to get back into the obligated thing. Now I'm going to do a little living, the things I want to do. Like I said, what I'm doing now, what you and me both doing, is experimenting. We're experimenting for knowledge. I think you gotta do it. You a fool not to do it. We passed behind a food processing plant. Lonnie picked up a piece of sugar cane and gnawed on it as we walked.
broaden my mind to the point where I can deal with anything that comes along. It adds to me as a man. Who wants to live like a common vegetable? I told Lonnie I agreed wholeheartedly, but that sometimes you can get enough of experimenting. Sometimes you want something normal and dependable. Well, that's why I'm gonna get that job, Lonnie said. Then I'm going back home to St. Louis and see my mama. Why don't you just go to St. Louis and see her now? I demanded, tired of having my ears filled with improbable plans. Oh man, you don't understand. My folks put me through school. I had two years of college in St. Louis. My sister went too. We were the onlyest ones in my family, and the onlyest blacks at the whole school. You know, Mama didn't have no school at all. Mama picked cotton in Franklin Parish her whole life. But she wanted me to go to college real bad, and so I did. But here I am now, college educated, and you're saying, go home and visit your mama when I'm a tramp? No way, man, not never. First, I'm gonna get me that van and have something to show for myself. Now I see, I said. Morning had come before we reached San Jose. Lonnie thought the tracks would take us right into town, but apparently we missed a turn and ended up walking through a large upper middle class neighborhood. People were awake now, picking up their morning papers and backing cars out of their driveways to go to work. The place reminded me of home and I walked leisurely down the sidewalk. But Lonnie felt very self-conscious, especially with his black eye. The last mile to the mission was nearly a sprint. We spent the day lazing around San Jose and in the evening joined the long line waiting for admission to the Salvation Army. When Lonnie heard the rumor that an ID was required for admission, he nibbled nervously on his beard. What's wrong, I asked. When I was beat up, they took my ID. Well then, let's go somewhere else. No, no, maybe I can make it. Look, if you get in and I don't, maybe we can meet somewheres in the morning. Sounds good to me. How about the post office at eight? Gotcha.
said our last goodbyes. Voices sail, cut the line. I could wait till the end of time. Say the world, would you be my girl? Swallow the sea, could you fall for me? Say the world, would you be my girl? Swallow the sea, could you fall for me?
at BlackBlastMutinyRadio.fm. Keep listening.
Livestock production and Webster's New World Dictionary. Yeah! She was a
wondering, how am I going to get out of here? Where am I going to go? I need Steve.
know it, but I made my mind up. You wind up in my arms. First, I'll have to break down your resistance to my charms. Yes, darling, I know it won't be easy. But I won't stop until I find a way. Everybody knows that Rome wasn't built in a day. How I'll make it happen, I'm not certain. I'm working on the plan. And when I get it tight, you believe I'm your man. You don't know it yet, but you surrender when I make my play. Everybody knows that Rome wasn't built in a day. I'll offer you protection, 24-hour love and affection. It'll take time to make it right. And a silver band will play Everybody knows that Rome Wasn't built in a day Ooh, Everybody knows that Rome Wasn't built in
Black Black Plastic Mutiny Radio dot FM. Yeah. 
Yes, I 